0: In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Corinthians, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I begin reading in verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who loved him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Here, Paul is continuing a discussion that began in our last episode, in the latter part of chapter 1. He's talking about this idea of wisdom and the difference between God's wisdom, a spiritual wisdom, versus the wisdom of the world. And he reminded the Corinthians that when he came to them, there was nothing about his appearance, his speech, or his situation that was screaming to the world, this man is sent by God. He said that he wasn't very eloquent in his speech, that it didn't sound wise by the standard of the world, and that while he was with them, he was weak and scared and trembling. This doesn't paint a picture for us of what we might imagine a spokesman for God looking like. And it certainly didn't make sense to many of the inhabitants of Corinth while Paul was there. But he was able to begin a church there a church that would grow and eventually thrive because he was determined to know nothing among them except the cross of Christ. His goal was not to prove to the Corinthians that he was powerful and wise, but that God was. In this, he was appealing to the spirit within people rather than the physical person who is trying to experience the fulfillment of their desires. As we read this, we often claim to understand it. But I think it may be good for us to ask ourselves, how often do we look for elegance rather than the truth? How often are we paying attention to the messenger and what we think a messenger should look like rather than the message that's being presented? There are too many churches out there who have preachers who preach a good sermon, but may not be preaching the truth. But because those folks don't mind listening to this guy, because of his eloquence, because he puts on a good show. They end up missing things that may be important. Sometimes the things we need to hear may come to us from people we don't necessarily want to listen to, but if they're presenting truth, we should make sure we hear it. We might also want to ask ourselves, what are we determined to know above all else? Is it the cross of Christ? It's okay for us to know other things. They can help us in navigating life here. But in all that we know, where does Jesus rank? What things have we been hungry to know about and learn more about? Is Jesus number one on that list? Because Paul saw Jesus above everything else. He could also see Jesus in every circumstance and situation and respond to Jesus the way he should. Are we determined to be able to see Christ in all of our experiences? Or are we content to relegate him to our time at church? Until we're at a point where we desire a knowledge of Jesus and his crucifixion above everything else, it may be difficult for us to understand some of the things that Paul will talk about in the following paragraphs and chapters of this letter. That knowledge has to consume us so that we at some point learn how to apply that knowledge in our daily lives, in all of our circumstances. That's what spiritual wisdom is. And Paul says that wisdom is different than that of the world. This is something that has been secret and hidden from the rest of the world until it was revealed in Christ. And because there are those who still don't understand Christ, they still don't understand the wisdom of God. Paul basically says that people had not seen God do what they expected him to do, so they weren't sure that it was God that was working. It only becomes evident to people who see how Jesus and the crucifixion of Jesus fit into God's plan. The only way we can understand what God is doing and know that it is God is to understand what he did in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it's that understanding that helps us differentiate between the spiritual person and the natural person. We've each been given a spirit. The Spirit is the animating, prompting force in our life. Scripture refers to it in some places as the breath of life. And all of us have a spirit that animates us, but not all of us have received the spirit that makes us fully alive, that caused Paul to proclaim in Acts 17, 28, that it's in him we live and move and have our being. When Paul wrote to the Roman church in Romans 8, starting in verse 13, he said, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. This Holy Spirit of God is something that is promised to believers. It is an awareness and a consciousness of life, and it leads, prompts, convicts us, directs us in the direction of life. And because of this, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God is equated with wisdom. Being animated by God's Spirit makes us wise, leads us to a rich and full life. Those who've accepted the Holy Spirit of God and don't quench that Spirit, but follow its leading, realize that they are not physical people with a Spirit, but that we are spiritual people that happen to be housed in a physical body. And it's the nurture of that spirit, the prompting of that spirit that guides our lives and helps us to experience the life that God always intended us to have. Paul says the unspiritual or the one who has not accepted that spirit can't accept things from God. And it's not that God's preventing it. And this refers to the complete lack of perspective or comprehension that someone has when they haven't experienced the wisdom of God in their lives. All people only know what they know. But some folks are convinced that that's enough, that they know all there is to know and there's no room for learning more or learning better ways to apply what they know. Everything they know is only good for satisfying the desires that they have. But there are those who realize that there is more to know. There are depths of God that we'll never understand, but we can be directed toward it by his spirit. And so we leave ourselves open to that leading, that increase of knowledge and that greater wisdom that comes from being filled with his Holy Spirit. Here, Paul contrasts a spiritual person to a carnal person, a natural person, or as in Romans, someone living by the flesh. Those are the people who make decisions based on their physical appetites rather than what feeds their inner person, the things that make them a better being. These are the things that help us to make the most of our life here and prepare us for the coming age. It's not a focus on what keeps me alive, but what causes me to really live. A spiritual person is driven by God's animating life-giving force and realizes that that can never be diminished. A carnal person or a natural person tends to hoard God's blessings, fearing that they're eventually going to run out. When we're led by the Spirit, we'll be led into circumstances where we're asked to do things that make no sense to the rest of the world. For people not being led by that Spirit, it will look silly to them but for those who are allowing God's wisdom to be developed in them. These experiences help that wisdom to grow and help us to trust on a level that keeps us from ever backing down from what God would want us to do. And it's not because we always understand why God told us to do something or why this is happening to us. Paul says twice here, we don't understand the mind of God. But in the closing line of this chapter, Paul says, We do have the mind of Christ. What is Paul getting at here when he says that we don't have the mind of God? We can't instruct him or advise him or even understand what he's doing always, but that we do have the mind of Christ. It seems that Paul's letting us know that we can't always know why God acts the way that he does, why he calls us to the actions that he does, why he allows us to experience the circumstances that we do. But we can grasp the wisdom of humility, submission, and obedience. That's exactly what Jesus did in every situation. Even when Jesus was crying out to God saying, please, let's do it another way. Jesus understood the wisdom of humility, of submission, and obedience. If we're a spiritual people, it doesn't mean that we'll just sit around and think flowery thoughts all the time. It means that we see wisdom in being humble, in submitting ourselves to one another and to the will of God, and that in every circumstance, we will be obedient to our Father. This will strengthen our inner selves, even if that means at times we ignore our physical desires. Knowing when to ignore our physical desires takes spiritual wisdom. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.